All right, greetings. Welcome into another edition of Better's Last Stand. This is show number 68, Yarmir Yager's number, who, which will be retired here in uh, Pittsburgh. Or maybe it already was. I don't know. It's going to be at some point, or it already has, but he's well-deserving of it here as we roll on our 68th show. Flying solo again. Christmas decorations are mostly down, uh, winding down the season here. Chris is out busy. He's got a lot of basketball commitments. Uh, coach running around like always. Uh, wish those guys were were back, but uh, you know duty calls, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get you through it best we can. Hopefully, uh, get you some winners. So wish everybody a happy New Year. Hope everybody had a good Christmas and New Year's uh, season. That's uh, hard to believe it came so fast and has gone so fast. So uh, we roll on here and. Start to focus in on uh, postseason here for the NFL and uh, wind up college football here. We got one more game remaining there. Actually, got two more games. We got the FCS championship on Sunday, which is an awful day to uh, have a college, a low level college game uh, up against NFL Week 18. But anyway, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but plenty to come on the show today. Obviously, going to talk about the national championship and the college football playoffs. Thoughts on the uh, the previous bowl games that we all saw go into the books. Uh, some good, some bad, some very bad. A um, little bit of uh, hockey and NBA, just a couple things we want to touch on there. College basketball heating up with conference play uh, beginning this week, so that's something we're going to start to keep an eye on a little bit more. Golf is back this week. Century Tournament of Champions out in Kapalua, Hawaii. Uh, really good field out there, and uh, it's uh, it's good to have golf back. We haven't talked a whole lot of golf over the last couple of months, but it's ready to go, and it won't be long before we're uh, we're ready for the Masters. So pretty good stuff there. Obviously, NFL Week 18 will be a major focus of today's show. Talk about a few playoff scenarios, things that may happen, things that could happen, and uh, obviously making sure that you handicap all these things where the guys are sitting out or teams that don't care or teams that need it, obviously, uh, makes it a little bit easier. But we'll talk about all that stuff, injuries as well on the horizon, and a little bit of weather. We got a lot of weather. People haven't really mentioned the weather yet. Uh, obviously, you get the weather in the non-sports-related shows uh, talking about a big winter storm that could be coming this way. It's kind of developing out over the Rocky Mountains and could be headed our way for the weekend. But definitely got to factor in that it could play a role in severe rain and possibly some snow in some of these uh, games in the NFL. So look forward to that. I haven't had a lot of snow around here, so I'm hopeful for some snow. But I would highly doubt that we get anything but some rain. But we shall see. And then we got Sam in the final portion of the show. Talking all things sports related with him, uh, counting it down to uh, racing season. I'll get his thoughts on uh, NBA, NFL, and everything else going on as well as the uh, call. He had actually he and I had a talk last night about some college basketball stuff that was <laughs> we found kind of funny, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about the college football playoffs. So it'll be good to have Sam on here. He had a good Thursday performance with uh, Joe Flacco and uh, and Elijah Moore, who sadly got hurt in the game uh, and was having some of those scary tremors when you have like a, a nerve or neurological issue, neck related, I don't know, stinger of some kind. Uh, yeah, I guess he's okay, but it was kind of scary at the time. But Sam had a nice one there with those guys. Uh, his other touchdown guys didn't quite get there. Too bad he didn't have his boy Alec Pierce, who had probably his best game of the season this weekend. But anyway, talk to Sam in the final half an hour of the show. Uh, we were up about six units, actually six and a half units to be exact, last week. So another solid week for us. We're up over 22 the last five weeks if you stick with most of our uh, – Top level plays. I mean, and again, I, I hate to even say top level. These, when I have a, a decent opinion on the game, I'm giving it out as a play. Uh, at some point, 
I may start to go with, you know, you, yeah, we'll give out the best bets and things like that. We, we try to label those, but I, I want to I wanna try to dig in a little bit deeper in some of the ones that I have really, really high confidence in, which I would say uh, we do pretty well here with, uh, I, you know, it's, it's, it's one thing to have a strong opinion, and it's one thing to have a really, really, really strong opinion. Uh, and, and you don't get those all the time. So it's hard to give those out constantly. So you're not going to find them. But you, you get one every couple of weeks, every few, maybe it's, maybe it's five weeks, maybe it's six weeks, maybe it's eight weeks. But you, you don't want to force yourself into thinking you like a game that you don't. Uh, you, can, you can give advice on it. You can give a, a, a viewpoint. But it doesn't mean you have to bet everything equally. So when you're doing these, uh, we, we compute all of our wins and losses based on a one-unit uh, play, but you know, I probably could go to the point where we are adding uh, five unit plays for our top ones and so on and so forth. We could probably do that at some point. Uh, I may try to do that. Uh, we're developing a website. It's going to be uh, pineroomstudios.com. Going to have a lot of things like that available. Um, things that are in print form. Uh, may even have a pay service at some point. It's not going to be much if it's anything. Just to offset a few costs of things that we try to do here to keep this show good and. Uh, I really want to get to the point where we're able to get uh, a little bit more uh, interaction from people. So hopefully we can do that. Uh, website's on its way, so be looking out for that. At the Pine Room Studios, you can find all the information about our operation, all Pine Room related, all of our uh, year in review we just put up on YouTube, anything like that. So check out Pine Room Studios on YouTube or all over social media. BLS underscore PRP is our X handle here. Better's last stand. You can find out all the pics and post them on there as well as the regular Pine Room uh, Instagram each week so keep a lookout for those if you uh, followed all the plays last week you're up six and a half units and, and again 22 units about 20 actually it's 24 units 23 29 over the last uh, five weeks so pretty solid run there nothing nothing to pat ourselves on the back about but we're pretty honest about well we're honestly honest totally honest I guess is the word I'm looking for totally honest there with our plays and, and you know when we suck we suck I mean it's gonna happen so you, the worst thing you're ever gonna hear is the guys on here they're gonna tell you they're gonna win all the time it's just not gonna happen no matter how good you are it's not gonna happen you're gonna have bad breaks things are gonna go against you so we keep persevering uh we mentioned uh last few weeks 17 10 and 1 in our college football futures up six units on those uh wasn't as good as I'd hoped for but still pretty solid Washington ticket if you were getting on the Washington train like I've been trying to get people to follow me on uh, for almost the entire season I remember sitting here and doing the uh, preseason show and uh, coach and I talked about Washington I thought Washington could win the national championship thought they could win the Pac-12 uh, and they were definitely a playoff team uh, and they impressed me even more so than even in, that I thought of them back in the preseason so uh, Washington, to me, uh, getting vastly undervalued here, and uh, hopefully you were able to jump on a few future tickets like I was and have uh, you know some 50-to-1, some 15-to-1, some 8-to-1s, uh, what what have you. Uh, just hopefully you were able to get on that. Hopefully you were able to follow suit and get on it for this past weekend with a nice money line winner against Texas. 8-15 uh, and 15 in our NFL futures. I'm 4-2, and two, Coach 3-6, and six, Chris 1-7. and seven. He got in the win column. But uh, NFL futures have not been good. A couple of them teetering around on the brink for me. I think I have maybe two or three other ones that's going to come down to this week. Uh, and I need a couple of unders to come through, hopefully. So hopefully you can turn a little bit of a profit there, but it doesn't look very likely overall. Um, I myself, <laughs> I might have a shot of staying above 500, but it, overall, as a group, it's not going to turn out well. As I mentioned, Sam with a good one. Elijah Moore and Joe Flacco last Thursday, a uh, couple of nice plus prices there. Flacco over one and a half touchdowns and more to score. Uh, so good, good stuff from Sam. Coach had nothing last week. Chris had nothing last week. Uh, I was up about just over seven units last week for me. Uh, my best bet, though, 0-1. I had Dallas 
that late touchdown, which I knew was going to happen. Total mismanagement of the clock by Mike McCarthy, who's an absolute embarrassment as a coach, and that's why I'll never, ever pick Dallas in a big game. Just absolutely disgraceful clock management uh, by him. And you knew as soon as they threw the ball two times to stop the clock and gave it back to the Lions, you could have ran off an entire other minute probably. The Lions would have had barely any time left. Instead, they have more than enough time to go walk down the field and then score and then get cheated on that two-point conversion with the eligible receiver, as I'm sure most people have seen by now. It was uh, very unfair to the Lions. Uh, that, that crew really botched that game. Brad Allen should never work again. And uh, I mean that wholeheartedly. These guys are in charge of billion-dollar games. There's so much on the line from a branding standpoint to the, what these franchises earn and obviously sports betters as well. So you combine all that, it's a billion-dollar-a-game type industry uh, or more. In most cases, it's more. Uh, but you can't you can't have that happen. You just can't have officials. And then you got the league coming out and defending them, which they're f- flat out wrong, 100% wrong. The video doesn't lie. The audio doesn't lie. These guys are blatantly lying. And if people believe that, then shame on them because they're not paying attention. And uh, it's like watching the, the news out there. Uh, most of the things that they're going to tell you on most of these networks are flat out lies. And they just know you're dumb enough to listen. So hopefully we don't have uh, any issues like that here on our listeners. We think most of our listeners are pretty sharp people. So anyway. Anyway, not to get off on a on a rant, but uh, you know, the terrible job by the NFL. Shameful. Brad Allen's crew will be working the Steeler game. It's inexcusable. You cannot let people continue to get away with things like that and have zero accountability in any other facet of life. When you do a job and you do it that poorly, you're not going to have a chance to do that job again. You're either going to be removed or demoted, and uh, neither has happened here. And that's that's just ridiculous. So. Anyway, that was my, uh, my, but it didn't have really anything to do with my my team not covering there. I actually wish Dallas would have just lost the game if they weren't going to cover. Thought they would handle the Lions a little better than that. Dallas is absolutely zero threat in the NFC. They will not win uh, in that NFC. There's zero chance of it. So just mark it down right now. If you think Dallas will go far, yeah, I'm sorry, you're you're probably wrong. Uh, but who knows? I'm wrong a lot too. <laughs> anyway, uh, we were 14 and 10 in college football over the let stretch there with the Bulls. Uh, six and five in the NFL. EPL we were four and two, so not a terrible week. Uh, again, I said best bets. I was 0 and one with that Dallas uh, unfortunate outcome there. Best bets on the season: 16 and 10 for me, six and 15 for Coach Chris, still holding at 11, six and one. So it was uh, definitely an eventful uh, bowl season there as we we went through the. The uh, some of the some of the bowl games last week, obviously, the, to wind it down, and and some of the results maybe surprised people. Some of them didn't surprise people at all. Uh, one of those that didn't surprise me at all. If you've been listening to this show or listening to our radio show on the Watchdog, uh, be sure to check us out Monday, Tuesday, and Friday, uh, and you know, for some really good uh, content there. But if you listen to us, most of our guys here, including I and mean, I, may probably I was probably the most vocal, which is no surprise. Um, Florida State had no business being in that playoff. Uh, committee got that right. It showed that was an absolute embarrassment to their to their team, to their school. Uh, they should have just decided not to go to the game instead of just show up and not even attempt to try to play. And you, when you do that against a team as good as Georgia, who was coming there to make a point, uh, you get a 63-3 outcome. It's inexcusable for Florida State. It will work against them in the, in the future. I promise you that people are going to remember that game. And I don't care how good Florida State's program gets. That will work against them in the long run. You cannot have teams going into playoff games and putting forth efforts like that. 
uh, it's just not acceptable. And uh, actually, it's not, it wasn't a playoff game, but it was a high-level bowl game. So however you want to look at it, next year it would have been a playoff game, although they wouldn't have played each other, particular those two particular teams. But nonetheless, you can't have any a performance like that from a high-end program like Florida State. It's just it's terrible for the college football. It's terrible for their school. It's terrible for all the schools. It's a waste of time for Georgia. Uh, I mean, it was a waste of time for anybody that didn't bet Georgia. Georgia and over was an easy bet there. Um, that line went absolutely nuts as we were pretty much recording the show last week. It, it was flying up past 17 to 20 to 22, 23, 20. I mean, it just kept going. Uh, when people started to see, oh boy, Florida State brought these guys here. They don't have this guy, this guy, this guy, and they just keep more guys kept surfacing. But I will say this: I, Florida State's making it sound like they brought like a high school team there. Well, they didn't. These guys all, every guy that played in that game was a highly recruited full scholarship player. Uh, maybe there might have been a walk on or two, but most of them were not. Uh, so don't let it fool you and say, oh, Florida State played nobody. No, they played guys that they're depending on in future seasons. So if that's the kind of competitive gear they have, uh, I will not be expecting anything big out of Florida State at whatsoever. Uh, just an absolute embarrassing performance by them. They should be ashamed of themselves. And, uh, you know, you can blame it on opt-outs and transfers and blah, blah, and injuries. But come on. At some point, you're a big program. You saw what Notre Dame did. Notre Dame, they had a lot of guys out, including their quarterback. But Notre Dame came to play. Their guys showed up. Their backups performed well. Their young guys performed well. And they proved that they have depth to contend in the, for a playoff spot next year. And that's the kind of stuff you want to see out of these bowl games. Georgia, you think they're going anywhere? Great young nucleus back for them. Quarterbacks back. I know they lose Brock Bowers, but they just keep reloading. And, I, I mean, Georgia is going to be a massive contender. And no one in the world can tell me they weren't one of the top four best teams here. So the sad part is if Washington's able to win this or Michigan, there, there's going to be people out there that think that they're not even as good as Georgia, and we'll never have known that because the committee messed up badly putting Texas in there. Texas should not have been in, uh, and I'll say it and say it and say it. They played Alabama early in the season. Okay, you want to say head-to-head games matter. Well, they do, and all things are the same, but all things weren't the same. Texas didn't have any other impressive wins the rest of the season. Alabama got steadily better, although they weren't great. They got better. They beat the best team from the last two years, Georgia. So, to me, Alabama earned their spot in there, and you had two teams with two losses. Like, Oklahoma beat Texas. You don't think Alabama could have beat Oklahoma? I do. So, anything. anyway, things are not all the same. You can't just base it strictly off head-to-head. You have to use your brain and think outside the box. Actually, you can think inside the box and still get to the same conclusion. Uh, Florida State, no business being in. Georgia should have been in. Texas should not have been in. And uh, I think you would have had a little bit better playoff. The games were okay. Um, you know, all you can say is, uh, you know, Alabama kind of let Michigan off the hook. I didn't think either team played great in that game. Second game, I thought Washington was outstanding. Clearly the better team, not even close. And I think Washington is the best team in this playoff. I've been saying it for a long, long time. I thought they should have been ranked number one in the playoff rankings way, way back in the middle of the season. Uh, I thought they were better than Georgia, and I thought they were better than Michigan. But... Uh, we'll never know if they're better than Georgia, but I do know I think they're better than Michigan. They're about a three-and-a-half, four-point dog right now, and uh, I like them a lot. But recapping, we'll go talk about that game in a minute, but recapping a few of these other bowl games, uh, Ohio State's performance, just about as bad as Florida State's performance. Uh, when you have a program of a level of Ohio State, which prides itself on incredible depth and, uh, you know, they, they won a national championship a few years ago with a guy that started the season as their third-string quarterback. Uh, but I see serious deficiencies in them now. They are not the Urban Meyer, 
Ohio State with the loaded recruits one after another. The third string guy is equally as talented as the starter. That is not there right now. And if I'm a Ohio State fan, I'm a little bit worried because uh, they did not put up much of an effort at all. I know they, they were behind you know the eight ball. They didn't have a quarterback. They didn't have a Harrison. They didn't have a couple other key guys. But come on. Like, like I said, Notre Dame was able to adapt and, and, and figure out a way to still win a game. Like, I mean, it was not – you weren't playing a wonderful team here in Missouri. You're playing a, a motivated team, but not an overly talented Missouri team. Uh, if you'd have told me Ohio State could lose – I like Missouri in the game for that very reason. But if you'd have told me a couple of years ago that Ohio State would be losing to Missouri in bowl games 14-3, to I'd have said you're out of your mind. Like, they, they're, they're one of the top programs in the country. They have depth at every position – well, they don't have it anymore. 14-3, to you lose in the Cotton Bowl. It's just, you know, to me, I, I'm very worried about Ohio State. Not that I care because I don't like them, but uh, you know, I'd be worried. I would be deathly worried. They have no quarterback. They're losing their best offensive weapons, and their coach is starting to feel some pressure right now. He's, he's, he's snapping on the media. He's getting feisty. And, and you know, feisty's fine, but you better, you better be able to back it up if you're going to talk smack on Lou Holtz and things like that. You better be ready to perform. And uh, you did not perform in that bowl game, and it's really, really a bad state of affairs there for Ohio State. I think their offensive line was uh, overmatched. I hear people blame that solely on that. I wouldn't say it was solely the problem, uh, but just a lot of things to not like about Ohio State. It's kind of disappointing for them, too, because their defense has made strides and uh, has gotten uh, to a championship caliber level but they don't have the offense to go with it so I think things are going to be tough for Ohio State their best bet right now is uh they're going to need uh Jim Harbaugh to leave Michigan I think that will help them a little bit but the conference is getting tougher you have really good teams coming in here including Washington and some of these other Pac-12 uh schools USC I mean you got you have some new big boys coming to play so uh if I'm Ohio State I'm extremely disappointed uh talking about disappointments at the Big Ten Penn State Iowa uh, both those teams abysmal. Penn State, to me, uh, just a, a horrible, horrible team. Just horrible. Their offense is terrible. Uh, they need to get rid of that quarterback. He is not the answer. Uh, they touted him as being the answer. He is not. He's horrible. Iowa is uh, a just a prehistoric offense. It has no business in college football today, and it will not ever win. And Iowa... Hopefully they enjoyed their trip to the Big Ten championship game because they will never, ever, 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 ever be there again with Kirk Ferentz as their coach. They now come back to a league that has just gotten deeper and deeper with better teams, better offenses, and programs that aren't going to be going anywhere anytime soon. So Iowa has uh, seen their last Big Ten championship appearance for uh, the extended future. They are going to be a middle-of-the-pack doormat now. Uh, with a defense that showed if you take a couple guys out of it, it wasn't very good to begin with. They were embarrassed by Tennessee from start to finish. And I think the Big Ten as a whole, uh, you had Maryland sticking out as one of the bright spots in the Big Ten. A uh, lot, lot, of, lot of bad performances. Uh, but since we were here last week, uh, I thought Arizona looked pretty good in their game. Thought they would have been a very good playoff team this year. Uh, were to have been a 12-team playoff. Uh, talked about Georgia. They look very good. LSU-Wisconsin. Wisconsin gave up decent uh, performance. That's better than what they've done all season, but it shows you how bad LSU's defense is. Wisconsin was just carving them up. Wisconsin's one of the worst offenses in America, and they were going right up the field on LSU. LSU ends up coming back and winning that game again. Tennessee looked pretty good in their bowl game, but they were playing garbage. Oregon, uh, they definitely wanted to be there. Liberty uh, came out 
hot early and uh, ooh, boy that turned fast and Oregon easily easily took care of business there so th- those games weren't you know serious surprises but I would say your most disappointing performances in this bowl season definitely were uh, Florida State Ohio State Penn State uh, I thought well, Syracuse which uh, was just a, a travesty how bad they are but uh, anyway there's a lot of bad programs there's a lot of bad coaches there's a lot of bad teams uh, Washington I think has a very good coach, but he got a little bit crazy there uh, the other night in 13-point lead, lets it get away late uh, and to the point where they probably were very fortunate to have come out on the right side there after being the better team almost the whole game. I don't understand these coaches when you're protecting a lead and you're using the clock as in in your favor. You're not making teams burn timeouts. You're not running the ball. You're passing. And I know Michael Penix is good, but you cannot take chances of stopping the clock you're, you're giving the other team 40 more seconds every single time you do that. And and teams only need a couple plays to get up the field. I mean, you saw what, what, what Texas did. It took them two plays, and they're in, in, they're in the red zone. So uh, how, as much as I thought Washington was vastly superior in the game, vastly superior, uh, they almost let it get away. And uh, DeBoer would have really, really been, uh, you know, come down hard on if he would have blown that game. Uh, but he did not, and uh, Washington's on to take on Michigan. Thought uh, Michigan in Ohio or Michigan in Alabama's game. I thought it was pretty poorly played. Picked up a little bit in the second half. A lot of mistakes, uh, just ill-advised things. I thought Nick Saban's team looked like they were very. Uh, I don't want to say unprepared because that wouldn't be fair, but uh, they just looked off. They looked rusty. I don't know what it was, but they they didn't look sharp at all. And uh, Michigan didn't either. But uh, Michigan made enough adjustments late. And they uh, kind of controlled the offensive line and the defensive line on bo- well, both sides of the ball there. And I, I thought Alabama did a poor job. I thought Tommy Reese, their offensive coordinator, if he was the one that was making Milrow sit in that pocket, it was idiotic. But if it was Milrow, he, as, as Milrow is the leader of the offense on the field, it doesn't really matter what the coach tells you. You're, you're going to do what you're going to do. And uh, Milrow should have been bailing out of plays quicker. He should have just been rolling out more. And I thought that was a big mistake. When they put him on the move, they were very dangerous, but they try to keep them in the pocket, and it's something that I'll never understand with quarterbacks, especially guys that, that have great athletic ability and can run. These quarterbacks, they're, they're, the coaches want to force them to be pocket passers. Well, they're not. They, they're the best when they get out of the pocket. And if you see Lamar Jackson's MVP season and his season this year, you see two similarities there. that The, the offensive coordinator and Lamar himself knew that getting him out of the pocket out of containment and just making sure that that was an option on every single play, basically, that that's how that's how you're good when you're a guy like that. You, sitting in the pocket every play is not going to work. If you're going to try to hold the, hold the ball, hold the ball, hold the ball, you're going to get sacked. You're going to get hurt. When you move the pocket, things happen because then you can look for open running lanes and you can find guys down the field. That's the, the recipe for success with guys like that. And Jalen Milrow improved a ton and they didn't even let him utilize his skills in the game. So I was disappointed about that. Thought the snapping issue uh, reared its ugly head again in the fourth quarter. Just terrible snaps. They had a great drive going. Bad snaps. And then the, the last play, uh, I think Milrow panicked. It was a bad snap. It was definitely not what the play should have been. Uh, so disappointing there. If you had Alabama money lines like I did, had Alabama futures like I did, you're a little bit disappointed. But it would have made it worse if Washington hadn't have won. Um, I think Washington... 
is getting disrespected here as we look at the the line here for this game. Again, uh, it's going to be Monday night, which is a pretty quick turnaround here. 7.30 ESPN. Right now, Michigan 4.5, total 55. Washington plus 160 on the money line. I, I think Washington is the better team here. So I'll be on Washington. I think they have a very good offensive line. I think they're going to have Penix getting you know time to throw. The wide receivers, to me, are exceptional. Alabama doesn't have any good wide receivers, so that was a big disadvantage for them against Michigan, whose secondary, to me, is very, very, very vulnerable. So uh, I, I see that, that this game being as simple as Washington can protect better than Alabama and Washington has way better wide receivers. Hopefully the running back Johnson, who got hurt late because of that clock debacle, uh, is okay and can play, but uh, you know that's a big loss if they don't have him. But I, I still think I think Washington's the right side here. Have all along. Uh, I don't think Michigan's a bad team by any means. I think they're good. I think they're well coached. They're balanced. But to me, they're not even close to Washington as far as uh, game breaking talent on offense. And uh, I think that'll be the difference in the game. I think Washington wins a game, probably something around. A 34-23 type game, something along those lines. I think it'll hit right around that 55. I kind of lean to the over in these kind of games because you're going to get some crazy things. If a team's chasing late down two scores, you're going to get some two-point conversions in there and uh, things that, that may happen that you may pick up a few extra points. You may have teams kicking field goals down two positions late or down two possessions late to try to get it to, to one possession off an onside kick or if you had timeouts left. So you may see some points at some weird times that you wouldn't normally see them. So tend to lean over in this game. Uh, was over on the overs both last week. Uh, both of those came through. The Alabama game, of course, uh, because of the overtime. But it also could have happened when uh, Alabama, uh, when Michigan misplayed that punt, and it looked like Alabama was going to have a chance of recovering for a touchdown, would have put it over, and they'd have won it in regulation. But didn't work out. So anyway, I'll be on Washington, and I'm going to lean towards the over here. I'll see what that does the rest of the week. And I'm very hopeful to have one of these Washington or both of these Washington tickets that I have at fifty to one and eight to one on the Huskies. Uh, it's been a good run. I had them to make the national championship, so that was a good one as well. Uh, hopefully you're on board with that. And then uh, the FCS championship is on Sunday. Not that too many people care about that, but it's Montana and South Dakota State. This game's at Toyota Stadium in Frisco, Texas. Very nice facility. I've been there once. It's really cool. Uh, South Dakota State, 12.5 in this game. Total 49.5. Uh, South Dakota State's just like a juggernaut, but Montana is very good too. Uh, I lean South Dakota State here and probably lean towards the over here. Uh, I think this game has a kind of a maybe a 37 to 20 type feel to me. Um, again, if you're looking for something to watch that's not NFL on Sunday, that's a 2 o'clock kick on ABC. A uh, couple other things to tidy up here. Uh, Hockey-wise, we have uh, some interesting runs going on. And, and the thing about hockey that's been really interesting to me is I've started to dive into the second period overs a little bit more. And um, I may start giving those those stats out uh, like I do the, the, the first period ones. But second periods, I've been able to find a little bit more value now on than the first periods. But the first period still pretty strong. Here's your team's goal. Yes, in the first 10. Minnesota 26-9, Ottawa 23-11, Tampa 27-11, Calgary 25-11. Those are over one and a half goals, yes, in the first periods. Uh, actually, no, I'm wrong. Jeez, I said that wrong again. I did that last week. No, that is goal in the first 10 minutes. Those were Minnesota, Ottawa, Tampa, and Calgary. In uh, the last 10, Ottawa, Toronto, 9-1 goal in the first 10 in the last 10 games for those two teams. Detroit and Columbus, 8-2 and two run. 
with goal in the first 10 minutes. 8-2 and two for Detroit and Columbus. Ottawa now 13-0 going the first 10 on the road. They're on a 13-0 and 0 run goal in the first 10 on the road. That's the Senators. So keep an eye out for them. They seem to be a very, very good team for that market. Uh, goal in the first 10, no. Boston 21-14 to the no. Winnipeg 21-13. and and Montreal on an 8 and 2 no run currently in their last 10. Here's the first period overs. It'll be Ottawa 23 and 9 which goes kind of correlates right there with and I said this before if you can find places that'll let you correlate a first goal in the first 10 and an over uh, it's pretty good. You can get a little bit more value out of that ticket if you can find a spot. Some of them will let you do that in same game parlays. Edmonton twenty four and ten goal yet or goals over in the first period, so that's over one and a half. And Chicago twenty five and eleven over one and a half in the first period. Last ten, Ottawa nine and one to the over in the first period, while Dallas is eight and two to the over in their last ten under runs. In the last 10 games, New York and Philadelphia, that's the Islanders, New York Islanders, and Philadelphia Flyers 8-2 and two to the under. So that's under one and a half goals for those two teams. The Islanders have been st- uh, not giving up a lot of goals in the first period, but they have been giving up a ton of goals in the second period. Uh, no worse period than when the Penguins put up, I think, five on them in the second period. Maybe it was six, but Chris Letang himself had five assists in that game. So, anyway, that's the rundown in hockey. Things starting to shape up there. Sam gave out the Kings and Sidney Crosby last week. I like both of those plays a lot. Very, very big on the Kings. Pittsburgh's got a lot of problems. They had a bad showing last night against the Caps. Uh, Terrible job by Jari. Can't trust Jari, and they'll never win in the playoffs with him. So, uh, they're going to have to make a couple moves here at the deadline. I, I would... I would consider dumping some of the guys more so than just adding big pieces. I feel like this team is is better if they could get the right chemistry fit uh, and they get a little more stable uh, from the goaltending position, which I've, I've, I would try to ship Jari to one of those Canadian teams who are desperate for a goaltender because maybe they'll think he's good. I know he's – I believe he's from out the Edmonton way, uh, so if you could get rid of him out west, uh, I think that would be a really, really big benefit for the Penguins. But they probably won't do that because they did sign him, and I think this Kyle Dubas guy thinks he's, like, really smart. So I don't think he thinks he's ready to burn it down yet, which uh, he should definitely uh, reassess, in in my opinion. But anyway, uh, on to basketball here just briefly. Conference play in full swing, as I said last night. Uh, Purdue, nice road win. Uh, Pitt was horrendous against North Carolina. Uh, but you're going to start seeing these conference games starting up here, and uh, it's going to kind of give us an idea of who's who out there. Uh, Colorado State team, I think, is a dark horse, dangerous team. Keep an eye on them. Uh, Mississippi rolling right along with Chris Beer. We gave them out several weeks ago to get on some futures with them. Uh, I think they're going to be a tough out as the season goes on. Grand Canyon, uh, that's a team that can really play. Uh, a team that's going to put put up some numbers and really be an interesting draw, especially if a Power 5 team gets them in the uh the March Madness NCAA tournament. Uh, Grand Canyon, a team definitely to keep an eye on. BYU, uh, hitting close to home here. They're in the Mountaineers Conference now. BYU, very good. Off to a wonderful start. So there's some teams out there. James Madison, I believe, is uh, is undefeated still. So you got some really good mid-majors here. You got teams uh, being upset and tested every single night. So college basketball going to be very, very fun uh, as we get ready to put football to bed, and we'll focus a little bit on that. Pistons finally snapped their Big, long losing streak. Uh, they finally beat the Raptors the other night, and I know a lot of people were on that, so hopefully they uh, cashed some tickets there. And uh, it, it, Teams are kind of making that last little push here to see if they're going to be players at the trade deadline or sellers. Uh, you got some teams like the Hawks, who I was high on. They're terrible. you got the Lakers playing terrible right now. Uh, I'm sure LeBron's going to want to cry his way into some trades, get some new pieces in there, some new toys to try to help him. 
uh, to another title run. But uh, yeah, NBA is uh, is really tough to, to follow. Uh, it's really really tough. Clippers seem to be the best team, but we'll talk more a little, a little more about that with Sam. Uh, he's a little more dialed into that than I am. But anyway, uh, we're gonna take a break here. Better's last stand segment one. We're gonna come back. Gonna jump into some golf. The Century Tournament of Champions back in Hawaii as we kick off the golf season. And then we're going to get into NFL week number 18 card. It's Better's Last Stand coming to you from the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Better's Last Stand is for entertainment purposes only, but who better to listen to than the guys here at the Pine Room? For more picks you might have missed, follow Better's Last Stand and all of Matt's picks on X, formerly Twitter, at BLS underscore PRP. Because just like General Custer, we're in Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. It's Better's Last Stand, show number 68. Now we're pushing towards 70 here as we wrap up the bowl season wrap up the new year uh we're in we're into the new year i guess uh but new year's week uh always a uh toll on the body we went down the nailer games i was down there on saturday and sunday night nailers take two against norfolk so a good way to end 2023 for them third place right now in the central uh if you're interested in following the nailers i suggest you do because they're they got a nice team and uh it's a great product they put out there uh both on the ice and in the arena on game night, it's an awesome job. The, uh, the 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 management down there does just a wonderful job from the West Banker Arena and Kelly Tucker to all the people involved with the Nailers. Uh, you know some of the some of the guys that we've gotten to uh, to know over the over this season. Uh, Isaac Basinger is a regular sh- regular guest on our show on the Nailing It Down segment on our Friday Sports Show. We've had him on several times. Have Isaac on here again soon. Uh, John Parrish, Pat O'Neill. Guys do a wonderful job. Everything down there is just super cool. Corey Klug's awesome. Uh, Chris Thober and the announcer, they keep the, the arena very active and lively in the, uh, like I said, the product's wonderful. And uh, the Nailers are going to be a team that I think is going to be a good playoff team. And if they can keep the roster intact without Wilkes-Barre and Pittsburgh uh, indirectly raiding it, uh, I think they're going to be pretty good. So uh, I advise check it check it out. Hop down, down to a Nailer game wherever you're at or over to a Nailer game or up wherever you're watching or listening. Uh, yeah, check them out. Uh, you can bet on it over at Wheeling Island Hotel Casino Racetrack. Uh, it's really, um, I make the lines on the games. It's really fun. Uh, I got every team power rate in the ECHL and uh, look forward to putting those out. And uh, we get good play on them. So people like to go throw a few bucks down on it and then head over to the game. So it's uh, it's a good time. I advise everybody to take a shot if you like hockey. If you don't like hockey, it's fun experience regardless. Uh Hopping back into a couple things before we get into the golf, which is pretty cool to say. A couple bad beats. I thought the Alabama money line I thought was a little bit of a bad beat, but you know, not not really. I, I shouldn't even. I don't even like to put those on there, but I was kind of thinking through my bad beats this week and was like, well, this one kind of, but it's not really. Uh, Alabama had that the punt. The Michigan kid fumbled it. They almost get it, uh, and then they let the they let the lead slip away late. I thought they uh, kind of were in control of the game. And they let it slip away. So bad job there. Uh, they were a big public dog, though, which really started to worry me after I'd already bet Alabama way, way back. Uh, the public money on them was concerning me a lot, and it showed. Uh, public was the wrong side again. And then if you had the Giants' money line on uh, Sunday against the Rams, you, you just have to be sick. I mean, these teams just amazing. They just shoot themselves in the foot. The, the Giants make a couple incredible plays, and I like the Giants. I had them, uh, plus the points. Took a little shot with them on the money line. 
Tyrod Taylor did a lot to to really you know put them in a position to win, but uh, a really horrible bad break on a on a on the two point try. Tyrod had Barkley wide open. He he couldn't connect. He kind of didn't throw it right, and Barkley couldn't get it. And it's it's wide open. He would have walked into the end zone. Uh, so that one hurt a little bit. And then uh, they get the ball back though. They drive right down the field, and then they take a couple of stupid sacks and, and like lost plays and. I just didn't understand with Brian Dayball. They're already in field goal range. A field goal wins the game. At that point, you're taking something that you know is going to get you yards, like positive yards. You can't take any negative plays, and I thought they totally mishandled that, and they got beat 26-25. So that, to me, uh, small bad beat. Not not anything terrible but because you could kind of see it coming, but nonetheless, you were in a position you should have been able to win on the money line as a seven-point home dog, and you couldn't get it done. So to me, uh, kind of a bad beat, medium bad beat. Uh, industry news. November's top uh, states, as far as betting handle goes, like this: New York, two point one two billion; New Jersey, one point six two billion, and then you drop down to Pennsylvania, nine hundred thirty four million; Nevada, ninety nine hundred uh, twenty million; and Ohio, eight hundred sixty five million. So, just staggering numbers. And again, I can't wait till Florida's first month uh, comes out. It's going to be really interesting. Uh, Mattress Mac, who you've heard about many times. Throughout the Pine Room and on a radio show, we talk about him quite a bit. The guy that owns the furniture store out in Houston uh, does a lot of the really cool giveaways to uh, kind of hedge his, ins- uh, his kind of like insurance for his, uh, you know, his mattress and furniture sales. Uh, gets on the Astros quite a bit to try to, you know, offset the cost of giving away free furniture and stuff like that. So really creative businessman. I don't, still don't understand why more people don't try this, uh, but he dropped a million on Texas. He had him plus uh, two. Nah, it was. I think he must have made the bet of Texas. It's. I. I, I had it written down. It was two seventy. But I think that must have been to win the whole thing. Uh, not. Not just because uh, that'd have been about right. Yeah. Um, them to win it all, not uh, to win the. You know the specific game where they were actually favored in the game. But anyway, he's. Uh, he's a million dollars lighter nonetheless as Texas goes down to Washington. Dave Portnoy won a million dollars. Barstool. Uh, head honcho there, uh, stool president, as they call him. Uh, he won a million dollars on his Michigan Wolverines. He had a money line bet on them to win a million, so he he uh, eked that one out. So uh, good stuff there from Mattress Mac and Portnoy. Iowa finishes twelve and two to the under on the season after the thirty-five nothing loss to Tennessee. They were nine unders in a row, just uh, incredible. Uh, four men in the Circus Survivor. We talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, four people left. And they'll split that nine point whatever million dollars, uh, I guess, if they uh, all make it through this week. So we'll see. Uh, just incredible stuff there. Atlanta Hawks seven and twenty three against the spread this season, the worst in th- in thirty game stretch in thirty seasons by any team. That's just amazing to me. And of course, that was a team that I liked and gave out in some futures. So shows you what I know. Should stick to the things I might know a little bit about. Thursday night football viewership up 24% in 2023 on Amazon Prime. So I'm sure they're pretty happy about that. They had a lot of bad games, and I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but a lot of people did. So I would consider uh, betters to be the most likely to have watched those games. But who knows? I guess we'll never really know that data until we can actually bet through our TV apps, which will happen at some point. Uh, best NFL teams, ATS, Baltimore, Detroit 11-5, Cleveland 10-5-1, Tampa 10-6 and after a bad loss last week. Miami 10 and 6 also after a bad loss. Uh the Raiders 9 6 and 1 and the Rams 9 6 and 1. Carolina Panthers have not led in the fourth quarter one second all season. I think I said this last week too. Uh, all both their wins were walk-offs and their stupid owner uh Tepper 
Yeah, Dave, David Tepper. I, I think that's his name. I don't even want to know his name. Fine, 300K for dumping a drink on a Jaguar fan last week. So, yeah, well, very, uh, yeah, very, very adult like owner for a guy that's a, like a trillionaire. Uh, shows you these guys are just like little kids. Brad Allen's crew working the Steelers and Ravens games, as I said earlier, um, just a travesty. NFL should be ashamed of itself. Uh, you cannot back people that perform like that when you have so much on the line. And uh, the NFL better watch itself. Because if they start turning off gamblers, they're in big trouble. And I, I know more and more people that are getting frustrated with the NFL because they just don't trust it. There's there's no integrity, and I think that's a problem. Uh, we'll talk about this here as we go through the card, but you know, key part of handicapping this week, who's going to play, who's not going to play. So be sure and check those inactives. You're definitely going to want to keep an eye on those uh, as you get down towards uh, Sunday or even Saturday's games because you got two on Saturday which we're going to talk about briefly, but we're going to talk for about golf here for just a brief second here. Uh, tournament champions in Kapalua at the Plantation Course uh, out in Kapalua, Hawaii. This is the first uh, stop for the PGA Tour. They're official. They have the wraparound season, but this is the first one where the big guns come out. They bring back all the champions, everybody that won last year, as well as anybody who didn't win who was in the top 50 of the FedEx Cup standing. So you get a little bit bigger field. This is a no-cut event. Uh, which is a good way to start the season off. Get yourself, uh, get the juices flowing a little bit. Get your uh, golf eye ready to go. Uh, 35 under won this, I think, two years ago. I don't think it was quite that high last year. So um, a low-scoring type course. Guys can go very, very low. Uh, and as, as I said, there's no cut. So uh, some guys that I think are worth taking a peek at for sure are these guys right here. So my top choice is going to be Sung J M. He's around 29 to 1, 30, 30 to 1 range, depending on where you can find him. Now, Sunjay did not have a great season last year. He never really got a whole lot of momentum, uh, and he was coming in off of a, kind of an injury at the beginning of the season. He never really got a whole lot of traction. He never really played good consistently for a significant stretch, but this dude can play, and I would be stalked, uh, sh uh, shocked. Shocked, yeah. I said stalked. I don't know what that is, but I'll be shocked if Sung J.M. does not improve quite a bit this season. I think he's going to be very, very good. I think he uh, isn't going to be a contender here, and I think he'll be a contender through uh, several of the majors and probably through the FedEx Cup. So keep an eye out for Sung J.M. Very, very uh, uncharacteristically bad season for him last year. I think he'll he'll be very, very good coming up this year. Colin Morikawa, another guy. Didn't have his greatest season last year. Played decent in a couple stretches, but his putter was kind of cold on him, and uh, he's uh, he, he definitely looking to bounce back. I know that he took that very hard that he didn't have the season that he wanted to have last year. So you got him around 14-1, to 1, somewhere in that range. Again, shop around for these at different, different books because you get you can get good prices depending on the book that you're at. Uh, you, can, you should compare prices. I mean, I've seen differences in 10 to 20 dollars in some of these things depending on you know who bets into the markets the the lines the lines aren't always going to be the same especially in futures like these the short-term futures and outrights because you got guys that you know bet into these markets and pretty maybe significantly at a property and then that'll drive it down somewhere and then it'll be much higher than another one that's that's needing uh money on that guy because they took another guy that at a high uh you know threshold so Keep an eye out. Shop around. I think uh, you can find some really good value in golf. And, and like as I say a lot, golf, NASCAR, these types of of short term futures where you're only you're not tying up your money for months and months. You're tying it up for three or four days. So 
I think you really, really take a look at those. And, and these guys, too, uh, I say it all all along. If you're just listening to this Friday morning and the tournament started yesterday, still take a peek at Maury Collins, Sun JM. And maybe they had a bad first round. Maybe they had one bad hole and they're a little bit a little bit behind the eight ball. But they can, they can pick up. You can score on this course so you can come from behind. And uh, I think both those guys, if they're in contention, will be uh, decent plays even on the weekend or even if they're a little bit off the pace, which you can really get some good value on. And you can take a look at top 10s, top 5s, top 20s. I don't have anything specifically for these because this is a weird, as I said, no cut. So it's a little bit weirder. Like, it's not a normal tournament. So I'm not going to give out top 5s and top 20s, top 10s. But please do with what you think is best for you, for your bankroll. A couple other guys that I like, Eric Cole. JT Poston, uh, Ludwig Auberg, uh, I think he's going to be a star. He's around 13 to 1, a little too low for me. Um, and Sepp Straka, another guy I think is good. But my top two guys, Sung J.M. and Colin Morikawa. So it's good to be talking golf, good to be back, uh, excited about that. Not as excited about football, but we are still got a few more weeks left. And here we go. It's pro football week 18. Who's it going to be? Who's making the playoffs? Who needs the game? Who doesn't need the game? Um, yeah, so lots to unpack here as we push on towards the NFL playoffs to begin next week. So we'll start it off Saturday evening. It'll be a 4.30 kick. It'll be the Ravens and the Steelers with Brad Allen, the butcher of all officials, uh, call, calling the game. Not really calling the game, but uh, it's not calling balls and strikes. He is the white hat on this game which doesn't give me a whole lot of comfort to know that it will be officiated well. Right now, Steelers minus 3.5, looking at some fours out there as well after Lamar Jackson just said he will not play this week. So that line's going to bump up a little bit more. But it really doesn't matter to me. I think that was already kind of uh, seen because there's no way the Ravens would be an underdog of any kind. So I really didn't understand that move uh, right before we started to record here. I didn't understand that because people, if, you, if the Steelers were a 3.5 or 4-point road favorite, uh, against the Ravens, you, I, you mean, Lamar Jackson definitely isn't playing in that game. So uh, I, I don't really understand their reaction there. But anyway, you may see it up to four and a half or five uh, within the next day. I think that's insane. Um, Steelers have played pretty decent the last few weeks with Mason Rudolph. But uh, Tyler Honley can play. Ravens are going to have some guys playing in there. Some of the younger guys are going to play. They're going to be hungry. They're going to want to win this game. They're going to want to knock Pittsburgh out. Uh, so I think this would be a little bit closer than people would expect. Probably the unders, the play, too, 36-and-a-half. Ravens still have guys. They have depth on defense, so I think they'll have they'll make some splash plays in this game, and I think Pittsburgh will find it a little bit tougher than you would think to, to move the ball. Uh, they'll probably be able to move the ball down the field early on a couple of scripted drives, but after that, I think the Ravens evened it up a little bit. You saw what the Dolphins did last week on their scripted drives. They look really good, and then after that, when Tua had to do his own thinking is when it got to be trouble. So Ravens coming off a great win. Uh, they're number one seed in the AFC, and uh, they're going to keep the momentum going, I'd imagine. I think they play this game tough, and uh, I lean Ravens here. I think they uh, definitely cover the number and probably win the game because I just don't see Pittsburgh being tough enough to win this game. But we'll, we shall see. Sunday or Saturday night game, Houston and Indianapolis, huge game here. Both these teams still with playoff hopes. Houston minus one on the road, total 47. I think Houston's a better team. C.J. Stroud's back. Um, Houston's starting to get a little healthier. They're not totally healthy, but they're getting a little healthier the last two weeks. So I like Houston to go on the road here and win this game. Colts have had a better than I, the season than I thought. Uh, I think a lot of it had to do with the quarterback getting hurt, Richardson. He was just he, he was so turnover-prone. I know he was a highlight reel runner, but uh, too turnover-prone. <laughs> I guess Gardner Minshew's not that much less turnover-prone. But anyway, I thought he made enough plays in a few games this year to give them a chance. 
think the Colts overachieved, but I don't think they have enough here. So we'll be going with the Texans minus the one or money line, whatever you prefer. Uh, and one note that I wanted to mention here, this is something that in my mind I thought about this, and I'm like, you know what, I'm going to go look this up. I feel like every year these games at the end of the season trend to the over. Um, and I like run a reason in my mind. It's like you know, week 18, week 17 previously before they played the 17-game schedule. Thinking about it, like, geez, these games always seem to, like, explode because a lot of these teams just give up mid-game when they when something else in another game has happened that, well, we can't make it or whatever. We don't need to win now, whatever. It's like the defenses just go away, and these offenses just come out and just crush. And uh, I, I went in and looked the last five years on the last week of the season, and overs are right now 54-26 and 26 the last five years in the final week of the regular season, 67%, which is – incredibly good uh so anything that hits a 67 percent, you're gonna want to jump on so i'm not saying bet every game over blindly but i would highly consider especially in the games that where you don't have you know implications game where a team's either clinched a spot they don't they're resting their guys or two teams that aren't going to make the playoffs those are the games you would definitely want to look for because they seem to really 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 explode towards the over uh, and you may have some of that in the games that matter, too. you got two teams that are playing their way in, and those games could turn to the over. So listen to these. Last year, 9-7 and seven to the over. So that was kind of subdued. Here here you go. The pre, the previous four years, 12-4 and four in 2022 to the over in the final week of the season. And then 10-6 and six in 21, 10-6 and six in 20. And back in 19, 13-3 to the over. So every one of those was uh significantly over he had a 12 and 4 in there two years ago and a 13 and 3 five years ago so uh at least four games over each one except for last year was nine and seven but uh over is definitely worth a peek here so take a double look if you like it under i'd i'd study it even harder than you think so a game like atlanta and new orleans that game matters to both these teams both teams still holding out some hope for uh you know playoff spots i don't even know how that'll all shake out if tampa loses i guess everybody's in play Houston or uh, New Orleans minus three total 42 and a half man I don't know what to do in this game I, I probably lean the Saints just a tad but I uh, had the Falcons last week they were abysmal so that tells me maybe the Falcons come back and play a decent game but hard to tell what the motivation will be in this game I think an over could be in the cards though both these teams could pack it in real quick especially if Tampa comes out and uh, gets on Carolina early by the time it's halftime this game may not matter and uh, both these teams could uh, just really, really just shut it down and to the point where there's a touchdown every other play. Cleveland and Cincinnati, this is a game that I'll be very careful with. Uh, the Browns have had their games go over the total in every road game this season. Now, the Browns aren't playing hardly anybody. they got a lot of guys that are like banged up, so they're not going to waste anybody in this game. Bengals minus six right now, total 39. Obviously, you would think the Bengals, they're trying to win the game. Their coach said they were. They're out of the playoffs, uh, which, by the way, if the stupid Steelers – well, actually, the Steelers clinched that. So my Bengals, the finished last bet, cashed. I know nobody gave me any credit for that one. Beginning of the season, people thought it was nuts, which, yeah, that's fair. But, uh, no, Bengals, last place, book it. That was one of my better uh, winners of the season. Steelers, even if they lose, they have the tiebreaker against the Bengals, beating them twice. Anyway, back to that game, you think it would trend to the over – or to the under, I'm sorry. But, man, that game's like a, one of those sneaky games where you could just see – the Browns don't have their starters on defense. Their defense isn't what it once was. So I think the Bengals will move the ball in this game, and uh, I think the Browns will move the ball in this game. I like the over in this game quite a bit, actually. I think it's uh, 
I think it's a deceiving number. It's 39. It's a little bit low. Uh, but I'm going to be going with the over in the Browns and Bengals. Jets and Patriots. Patriots minus 2.5, total 31. This is another game. Looks like an obvious under. Uh, but these teams have none to play for right now. And I will say this, Belichick will have his team ready for this game. I think uh, New England's a very strong play this week. I think they uh, they kind of own the Jets. Robert Sala 0-5 against New England in his career, and uh, I think that continues here. I think the uh, Patriots win this game, and I tell you what, I think the over is very, very in, much in play. New England moved the ball pretty well last week against Buffalo, and I think they'll do it again here. You can see some turnovers from both teams, maybe some special teams plays. Hard to hard to tell what could happen in these games when you're playing uh, a lower caliber player. So uh, I like the over, and I like New England. Jacksonville and Tennessee, big game for the Jags. They need to win it. Minus five on the road, the total 40. I think they get the job done, but I think this game is tight. So I lean Jags, but man, I don't know if they can cover the number, so I'll be staying away from that one. Minnesota, Detroit. Uh, Detroit has no reason to play any of their players. They're minus three, total 45 and a half. That thing might go down a little bit more depending on who Minnesota says will quarterback. Uh, their experiment last week was a disaster, a complete failure. Uh, and O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell, who people were talking about, maybe coach of the year, and that's never going to happen. He's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. I don't know why you're doing stick with Mullins or Dobbs. You, you brought those guys in for a reason, and you, you go to some rookie in a game you need to win. I don't understand it. Vikings, to me, uh, maybe the side here. I don't think Detroit will have a whole lot for this game. They're going to be worried about their playoff opponent, just making sure nobody gets hurt. They won't play a whole lot of guys. I'm sure most of the people will sit. Uh, total 45 and a half. I do think this one might be one of the unders, one of the few unders. But uh, tread lightly. Minnesota uh, struggles on offense, and uh, I think Detroit is not going to have any of their main guys on offense out there either. So I think that, to me, is a recipe for low scoring, but we shall see. Tampa and Carolina. Tampa's going to win the game. Minus five and a half. Total 37 and a half. They win. They win the NFC South. So I think the Bucks are the lean here. Again, I'm not sure they'll, they'll cover the five and a half. They're kind of like the Jags here in this spot. I don't think uh, I trust them enough to cover it. But Carolina, to me, seems like a dead and defeated team. And their owner now is uh, is in the news. And uh, this team just can't wait for the season to end. I think over could be a play here as well. Although you're not going to get a whole lot of help out of Carolina. Uh, so maybe not. Uh, if I didn't like Tampa to cover... And I think the game's going to go over. That means I need Carolina to score points, and they have not shown that they can do that, except against Green Bay somehow. But um, anyway, I'm leaning to Tampa winning the game, but no real strong play there. I don't know if they can cover the 5.5. Dallas and Washington will be Dallas on the road, 13.5-point favorite, total 45.5. I like the Commanders in this game. Uh, I think the Commanders will do whatever they can do to try to stick it to Dallas whenever they can. So I think if Sam Howell doesn't turn it over, actually I was hoping Jacoby Brissett would come back, but not sure he will. Uh, I just have a sneaky suspicion. If I can get 13.5 or 14 with the commanders, I'm going to take it. I'm even going to take a little bit on the money line with them. I can see this being a game that Dallas loses. Uh, Dallas, very fortunate to have won last week. Shouldn't have won, really. Um, and they do not travel well, and they don't play well on grass. So uh, a couple of factors there. I, I think this game will be a lot closer than people think. I know everybody's expecting Dallas to go in there and beat them by five touchdowns. Which maybe they will, but uh, I think Commanders hang in the game. I think the Commanders have a shot to win, and uh, I would look at some alternate spreads there too. Take the Commanders plus seven and a half or something like that. Uh, could be still very good plus price. So take a peek at those. I'll be doing that. L.A. Rams at the 49ers, 4 o'clock, 425. That game, Dallas and Washington 
also 425. The ones prior were all 1 o'clock. Got the Rams headed to San Francisco. San Francisco minus 3.5, total 42.5. Christian McCaffrey out of the game. Frisco will rest a lot of their guys, too. Anybody that's even close to banged up, they will be not playing. Uh, Rams probably going to try to win this game. Uh, the 42.5, I think this game has a shot of going over. I think the Rams will score a lot of points here. And Kyle Shanahan has shown sometimes that when he doesn't want to play these games, he just doesn't show anything, and they get just blasted. So don't be surprised if the Rams don't crush the 49ers in this game. It won't really mean anything if they were to meet a couple weeks later. It would be completely different. But uh, that's the kind of feel that I'm getting in that game. But I still think the 49ers will get a little bit of play out of Sam Darnold, so maybe they can um, – because he didn't look too bad the other week when he came in against the Ravens. So I think they maybe move the ball a tad. And I think this game is an overplay, um, if you ask me. But looking for the Rams to probably win that game in a game that doesn't matter to the 49ers. Eagles and Giants. Eagles minus five on the road. Total 41.5. Tyrod gave the Eagles a fight on Christmas Day just a couple weeks ago. Uh, this total 41.5, I think, is well within the scope of an over. I think uh, there's going to be some points here. I think the Giants have found something with Tyrod. They can move the ball a little bit. Uh, He's looked pretty decent. The Eagles really got to get some things figured out as they come into the playoffs. I think they'll be ultra-focused in this game and want to go in on a high note after a horrible loss to the Cardinals last week at home. So look for the Eagles to probably win this game, but I wouldn't count it in for sure because the Giants were able to move the ball up and down the field, and the Eagles' secondary is really, really, really bad. And their D-line, their D-line, which is something that we thought was the strength of the team, it's just not turned out to be. So um, look for some points in that one, Eagles and Giants. The Bears and Packers also 425 kick. Packers minus three, total 44 and a half. Leaning to the Packers here, just barely. I didn't, I mean, they they had basically no resistance last week against Minnesota. Uh, Green Bay's defense worries me a touch. So I think the over and an in play in this one as well. Both these teams moving the ball a little bit better than they have been. Justin Fields, if you, you give him his first read, he's pretty good. If you make him go to his second read, he's absolutely terrible. So whatever you're going to do there, Green Bay, good luck. But uh, Green Bay has done better against division teams kind of the second time around. So I think they'll probably be able to win this game and uh, give themselves a shot at the playoffs. Seattle and Arizona, 425 kick. Seattle minus 2.5, total 47.5. Uh, this is a tough one. Arizona off a nice win in Philly. I, I know they want to keep the momentum going, but a lot of times after that, you kind of winding it down. You know you got no playoffs. Um, I, I feel like they probably aren't going to be super focused for this game, but maybe they will be. Seattle. Very, very bad performance last week. Uh, that was my second choice best bet. Awful, awful. They were terrible against the Steelers. Uh, had no business being that bad. I just didn't understand the motivation there. But uh, I want to lean Seahawks in this game, but I, but I can't recommend them. I just don't trust them in their current form. So we'll lay off this game. Uh, maybe the over again there. Maybe that's another one of those ones that just doesn't matter and then just goes up and down the field. Denver and the Raiders. Raiders minus 2.5, total 38. No Russell Wilson, Denver a mess, although they didn't have to worry about anything last week because they played the Chargers, the lowly Chargers. But I think the Raiders are the side here. I think the Raiders will try to win this game. One last win for for Antonio Pierce. I think they're going to try to want to keep him. So uh, I'm going Raiders there. I think the Broncos have just been awful most of the year, and uh, they'll probably finish out with another dud. Kansas City and the Chargers. Chargers minus three, total 36. Casey won't play anybody. But I believe Blaine Gabbard will start. I mean, he's played games before. I mean, I, I just think it's insane the Chargers could be given anybody. I mean, they could. I mean, this is a high school team would have trouble getting points from the Chargers right now. Uh, I'm leaning the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs will, you know, tr- still work some guys in there. I mean, they ought to play all their receivers because it doesn't even matter if any of them get hurt because they all suck except for Rice, and they need as many reps as possible. So I think Kansas City will try to win that game. I think 
they'll uh, they'll be able to go up and down the field on the Chargers uh, in that game. I think Kansas City will rest guys on defense, so maybe the over could be in play there. Just a low total of 36. And then the nightcap to decide the AFC East. It'll be the Bills and the Dolphins. Bills minus three on the road, the total 50. Now, I know why this is the way it is. The Dolphins have a lot of injuries. Um, really, really tough breaks for them last week, and they're just throttling by the Ravens. I don't know why they had guys in late in the game. Didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Um, uh, I my gut says the Dolphins might be able to win this game. I really, I really think that. But if I'm going to get more than three or three and a half, if I'm going to get three and a half, I'm, I'm going to probably play the Dolphins. Bills, eh, Bills, they've been better, but I, I'm still not certain that they they look all that good. A lot of it's been a product of their opponents. So anyway. Uh, I'm thinking my gut says the Dolphins in this game. I think there could be some points scored, but check those injury reports. The Dolphins got guys, you know, Waddle. They obviously lost Bradley Chubb for the year. So two key defensive linemen have went down for them in garbage time this year, which is really tough break. So Dolphins weren't ready to win it this year. They got to they got to get a little tougher and, and upgrade a little bit in some areas. But I like them here a little bit. I think they'll, I think they'll come out inspired, and I think uh, they'll be able to move the ball on the Bills, and uh, I think it'll be a good game. So... That's where we're going there. Uh, just a couple scenarios, and we'll we'll talk probably a little bit about it too when when we get Sam on here. But uh, the uh, playoff scenarios right now, obviously Baltimore has clinched the AFC North. Kansas City is clinched has clinched the AFC West. You got the Browns locked into the five spot. You got the Dolphins already in the playoffs. Their seed is pending based on what they do against the Bills. The Bills can win and be in and win that division or they could lose and be out of the playoffs altogether so buffalo has a lot of things uh that that could go wrong for them they they if they lose the game they're gonna have to depend on those steelers and jacksonville losing uh so there's a lot of of things in here and if you want to go look these up i'm not going to go through them all but there's a lot of complexities here uh the houston texans Houston, if they win and Jacksonville loses or ties, then they clinch a playoff berth. Uh, they can win or Houston tie, Jacksonville loss, and a Pittsburgh loss or tie. So you have all these things. You go straight through all these different tiebreakers that are going on right now. The Colts can clinch the AFC South Division title with an Indianapolis win, a Jacksonville loss or tie. Uh, Indy tie and a Jacksonville loss. Indianapolis clinches a playoff berth if the Indianapolis Colts win, and then Indy ties or Pittsburgh loses or ties. So just bizarre stuff. The Jags are at Tennessee. Jags clinch the AFC South with a win or a Jacksonville tie and Indy and Houston tie. So Jacksonville know their fate because Indy and Houston play on Saturday, so that'll help them out a little bit. They may be in a spot where they don't – have to play their main guys all the time. So Jacksonville is in the playoffs with a Jacksonville tie plus a Pittsburgh loss or tie. So that's they they got that to fall back on as well. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, obviously they clinched the, the uh, East if they win. And I think they would be the sixth seed maybe if they – yeah, maybe the sixth seed if they lose. So – that's obviously interesting, and then one that a lot of people that will listen to the show will be interested in, the Steelers. They clinch with a win uh, plus a Buffalo loss or Pittsburgh win plus a Jacksonville loss or tie. Pittsburgh win plus a Houston or Indianapolis tie. Wow. 
Pittsburgh tie plus a Jacksonville loss plus Houston and Indy doesn't end in a tie. Now, how about that? And then scenario five, a Jacksonville loss the Steelers can clinch plus a Denver win. There's Denver making a factor here. Uh, plus a Houston and Indianapolis if Houston and Indianapolis do not tie. Just nuts. Uh, San Francisco in in the NFC. The Lions right now are the two, but most likely Dallas will be the two uh, if they both win. Uh, the Rams also have clinched a playoff berth, and the Eagles have clinched a playoff berth. So you're just waiting for a couple teams to round that out. Obviously, the South Division. So the Atlanta Falcons at the Saints. Atlanta clinches the NFC South with an Atlanta win and a Tampa Bay loss. So that's pretty interesting. Dallas is at Washington. Dallas can clinch the NFC East with a win or a Dallas tie plus a Philly tie or a Philly loss. So Dallas probably is best served to win. Green Bay versus Chicago. Green Bay clinches a playoff berth with a Green Bay win or a Green Bay tie and a Seattle loss plus a New Orleans loss or a Green Bay tie plus a Seattle loss plus a Tampa loss or a Green Bay tie plus a Seattle tie plus a Tampa Bay loss. Yikes. Yeah, this is outrageous stuff. Uh, let's see. What else we got? Uh, Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota clinches a playoff berth with a Minnesota win, a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, a Tampa loss. They need a lot to happen. Minnesota can also get in with a win, a Green Bay loss, a Seattle loss, or a New Orleans loss. So maybe maybe two options. They need a lot of lot of losses from teams. New Orleans can clinch the NFC South Division with a win plus a Tampa Bay loss or a New Orleans tie plus a Tampa Bay loss. So they can win or tie as long as Tampa loses. New Orleans clinches a playoff berth with a New Orleans win plus a Seattle loss or tie plus a Green Bay loss or tie. They all they also can get in with a New Orleans tie plus a Seattle loss or a Green Bay loss. And then winding it down, the Eagles, they can clinch the NFC East with a win and a Dallas loss or a tie and a Dallas loss. Seattle clinches a playoff spot with a win plus a Green Bay loss or a Seattle tie plus a Green Bay loss plus a Tampa Bay loss. And then finally, the third scenario, a Seattle tie, a Green Bay loss, or a New Orleans loss would also get them in Tampa. The final team, they clinch the NFC South with a win. That's as easy as it gets. They can also get in with a tie and then a New Orleans loss. Tampa could also get in as not a division champion with a Tampa tie, a Seattle loss, or a Green Bay loss or tie. Man, that's a lot uh, to unpack, but I urge you to look up that stuff. Factor it into your handicap a little bit because obviously there's a lot of motivations out there. And uh, you got to try to figure out which team's going to play uh, who and who's going to want to try to win and who's going to try to help somebody out or who's going to try to play spoiler. So check out the Beat Writers. I find uh, Twitter or X is a good resource for that. If you want to check out some of the local team writers that follow the teams really closely, you can get some inside scoop on those. All right, uh, a couple other noteworthy dates on the horizon. Australian Open Tennis starting up January 14th. Excited about that, so we'll have some things on that next week. Super Bowl, obviously, February 11th. UEFA Champions League begins thir- uh, February 13th with the first round, uh, first legs of the the round of 16. So looking forward to that. Spring training, ooh, we're getting close to that. February 14th, pitchers and catchers report. Daytona 500, February 18th. Can't wait for that. Uh, the Australian Rules football starts March the 7th. Obviously, the NCAA tournament, March 19th, and the Masters, April 11th. So all things to look forward to on Better's Last Stand and on the sports calendar. We're going to take a break. 
Uh, we're going to come back with Sammy. It's episode 68 of Better's Last Name from the Pine Room Studios. We will be right back. But first, I want to thank our friends at IC Cab for providing the Ohio Valley for, for all its transportation needs. Uh, you definitely want to get with IC Cab. They're doing a wonderful job. Uh, give them a call today, 304-232-1313, or download the IC Cab app today. IC Cab always working. Highly recommend that. Get an IC Cab. Go down the Naylor game. Have yourself a good old time. And uh, thanks to our sponsors as well of uh, Jill's Lounge and Gumby's for everything they've done for us, our sports show on The Watchdog every Friday, sponsored by those guys. We appreciate it. Uh, it's been a really fun time. We're not outside at Gumby's like we were in the fall, but uh, nonetheless, we appreciate the support. And again, check us out. Monday, Tuesday, Friday on the Watchdog. Again, thanks to our Watchdog team. It's been uh, a truly a blast uh, being involved in the Watchdog team here at the Watchdog Studios in downtown Wheeling. So great stuff going on there. Check out our stuff at the Pine Room Studios. BLS underscore PRP on our X and Twitter for just the sports picks. And we got that website coming right around the corner. Uh, Pine Room Loggers out there, Pine Room Burger, lots of things happening. So keep apprised on social media at the Pine Room Studios. All right, now we're going to take a break. Episode 68, Matt here, flying solo. Going to be back with Sam after the break. It's Better's Last Stand. We'll be right back. Reminder, this show is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. All right, men, load the cannons and hold the line. You're listening to Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back. It's Better's Last Stand, show number 68, joined by Sam, as usual, coming to us on a chilly winter day out there. Sammy, how are we doing today? How about that snowstorm? I, yeah, right. Start getting all your uh, your eggs and bread and your and your milk and get settled in for a big blizzard. Yeah, right. Right. Get the generator fired up, the gasoline. Yeah, I, I tell you, that, I, I had the weather on uh, in here while I was doing while I'm doing the show, and I was like, geez, this thing looks like a gonna be a dusting for us if we're lucky, but it'll probably just be rain. But I don't know. People get so worked up about the weather. I was hoping it may impact some of these NFL games, but I guess it still could. There could be some precipitation throughout, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that as well. Uh, all right, so uh, the NFL winding down week 18. We had the college football playoff uh, last, uh, well, a couple days ago, Monday, I guess it is. My my days are all messed up with this. With the new year being on Monday, that was really, really weird, but Anyway, uh, what were your thoughts on the uh, Alabama-Michigan and the Texas-Washington game? Do you think that maybe because it was a bad snap, like he panicked and it like, I mean, because that couldn't have been the play. I wouldn't think. Yeah. Right. No. The, the, I feel like the whole game for Alabama was lost from the from trying to stay between the, the, the hash marks 
I felt like they were trying to force him to be in the pocket, and, and the, the line couldn't hold up against Michigan's pass rush. But all they needed to do was move that pocket and roll him, and it was a whole different uh, just a whole different level of options that he had. He had he had throws that are short. He had deep throws, and he had the ability to run. I just I felt like Alabama waited way too long to start to move him outside, and then obviously, like you said, the last play, I don't know what the hell that was. It couldn't have been the plan. Couldn't have been. No, didn't they? They looked very not sharp. As sharp as they were against Georgia, they were completely the other side. They were totally dull in that game. And I didn't think Michigan played particularly well either. They had mistakes in special teams, uh, things that just you wouldn't expect them. The, their their kicking game was bad. I, I just I don't know. I, I thought it was sloppy. It ended up being a, an exciting finish, but definitely a little bit sloppy on both sides. Yes, now that was very impressive. Yes, yes, that was very impressive, and I thought that really bothered Milrow in the pocket. That's why I thought they were much better off getting him outside. But anyway, Alabama kind of uh, had a shot. They let it slip away late. Uh, Michigan made the plays they needed to make in OT. Uh, how about the other game? Uh, <laughs> Washington, I continue to ride the Washington train somehow, and I don't know how they're pulling it off, but Michael Penix is very good. I do. I have a Washington future. I had one that I bet way, way, way back, and then one when they made the playoffs. So, yeah, staying alive, barely. They almost blew it. Yeah. Yeah, right. And he's got a damn good offensive line, and he has really good receivers. That room of dudes, that guy is freaking legit. Like, he is really good. Nobody really talks about him because he's on the West Coast, but – uh, yeah, I, I think I think Washington's gonna be uh, formidable in this game. I think it's gonna be it should be a good game. No, I, I don't I don't understand. Like I, I that the game the other night was ridiculous. It was one in the morning. Like I, I like it was eleven o'clock halftime was of the Sugar Bowl. I, that's that's just outrageous. And I know the stupid Rose Bowl which just pisses me off because they got to have the 5 o'clock start time, you know, to have the sun setting over the mountains. Like, it's bullshit. You tell the Rose Bowl, if you want to be included in a playoff, you're playing it when we say you're going to play it. Like, I, that's the way it's going to be. Like you can, Or you got to make sure it's on a, a weekend. That's that's the other caveat. Like, I mean, you can't have it the night before people are going back to work. It's miserable. Yeah. I don't get it. And you're, and you're right. Like, I... Are we ever going to have it to where it's like a, like a legitimate time where it's either going to be a Saturday night or, or a Sunday early in the day even? Like, I, I don't I don't understand. I, I don't I, – I really don't. Even even the NFL's smart enough to move the Super Bowl up to, to a halfway normal time so it doesn't get done at 1 a.m. But I, I don't know. These guys mess everything up. They, they, they really – oh, yeah, that's it's horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and then, well, and then in this case, they come back pretty quick, like on this college one. It's like less than a week. Like I, I was like, that was a little odd too. But next year, I saw uh, at least a tentative schedule. It looks like they're going to play the championship, like maybe on January twentieth or something. I mean, they get the twelve teamer going. So uh, let's hope they have some like Friday games and some Saturday games next time, and not try to go up against the NFL like the 
uh, college FCS guys. Those poor Montana Grizzlies in the South Dakota State Jackrabbits are playing at 2 o'clock on Sunday right in the middle of the NFL Week 18 card. I mean, who in the world came up with that time? Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, here these kids get their lives, life's dream to play on ABC in a you know standalone game, and they're going up against the NFL. Yeah, good luck, <laughs> idiots. But uh, who you picking, Michigan or Washington? Yeah, yeah. He's he's an odd bird, man. I he's I don't he's a tough guy to like I gotta tell you he's I mean I don't I don't dislike or like Michigan I don't dislike or like him but he's a hard guy to like I don't something about him his whole personality just seems off to me but I think he's off to the NFL next so who knows where he's gonna end up sounds like that's the plan <laughs> win or lose he's he's gonna be gone so we shall see uh shifting over to the NFL uh you got to start it off on the right foot last Thursday <laughs> Uh, Elijah Moore and Flacco coming through for us, and then poor Elijah Moore has freaking tremors on the field, which is horrible. Jeez, the price you pay for cashing at any time's touchdown. Yeah, really? No, freaking got neurological damage, but he got the job done. Uh, I know, I know. No, I know. I know. And uh, uh, who was the other one you gave? You gave another bill. Oh, two bills. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Gabe Davis. They, I mean, they, I'll tell you what. I I know the Bills have played a little bit better, but their passing game still not where it needs to be. Uh, they, they've ran the ball very well, but uh, I, that game that game to me is intriguing. Uh, all right. So, let's talk. Let's start first with uh, the Steelers. Uh <laughs> In a game where they have to win, the Ravens aren't going to play anybody. I saw Huntley's going to start now. But the Ravens will have some guys play, some of their younger guys. So this game, you know how it is. No matter who plays in this game, it always seems like it's going to be a field goal type game. Do you think the Steelers and Mason Rudolph can continue their wonderful play and uh, find a way to get in the playoff? Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I've I heard it's getting pretty heated. The other guys, on, you know, different shows are getting yelling at the fat man. They're getting all over him. It's getting it's getting feisty. And Madden swears that that he had he has the intel that's legit. So. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, yeah. I just wonder who it would be, but yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. Uh, the back and forth, but yeah, I, I do. I think uh, I thought Pickett didn't do himself any favors though with his interview yesterday. I thought he sounded a little bit like, yeah, I think uh, that might have been what happened because the way he talked it seemed a little bit weird. But uh, yeah, um, definitely waited a little too long to give Rudolph a shot, um, but. Uh, they, they, you know, if they can get a win and they get what they need here, but I, I don't know. I, I think Jacksonville losing, and, and I, I think some of this stuff's going to be really, really tough to pull off. Maybe the Bills can lose though. Right, <laughs> right. Well, they lose those back-to-back -back losses to who? Arizona and whoever the other one was. Yeah, yeah. It's just whole, that three-game losing streak. 
yeah, that that's not going to get it done. So, yeah, I, I mean, I think the Ravens, they'll have some of their young young players out there that are probably still decent, but I'm sure they'll rest as many guys as they can just, you know, make sure that they're healthy. But that's a long that's a long break for these guys, and I think that'll hurt the Ravens uh, as far as offensively, especially 19 days off in between games that they don't play. Like, that's – for an offense that's been humming, it's too long. Yeah, it is. It is. It'll be exactly what they do. It'll 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 have a lot to do with who their opponent's going to be because if they get matched up with uh, you know one of these teams where they're going to have to keep pace with scoring wise, they could be in trouble because I think it'll take them a while. They're going to be ru very rusty. No matter what you do, you can never simulate real game speed. So, uh, but that's the that's the you know the price these coaches pay. That's you you want rest. You're going to deal with rust in those in most cases. Somehow, it never seemed to affect like teams like New England. It always got Peyton Manning. He always was terrible after those. And, uh, you know, so Lamar's by no means the only one to struggle with that. But it seemed to never bother Brady. Yeah, yeah. He just, he, you couldn't, he couldn't, he's just unflappable. Like, you couldn't knock him off his game no matter what. Whether it was deflate gate and all these <laughs> sign stealing. I mean, it didn't matter. It Nothing, nothing seemed to phase him. But we'll probably never see another guy like that. But, uh, all right, so Steelers probably win, but probably, I don't know. They may not get the help that they need. Um, anything else? What are the other games that intrigue you? What do you think of Buffalo-Miami? That will go right to the heavyweight bout right there. I Something tells me Miami's going to win this game. I don't know why, but they got a lot of injuries, though. That, that does concern me. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, and then, you know they're they're one of their other they're one of their other pass rushers got hurt in a game earlier in the season where they were winning real big and the, and they shouldn't have had him in there. But yeah, no, I, I think those decisions are terrible. But I I do I feel like I got a gut feeling Miami might win this game. No. <laughs> Let's go. Well, I'll tell you this. If Gabe Davis scores, I think then they'll have a shot. But they've got to figure out a way to get Diggs involved, too. I mean, he, he's non-existent. Yeah. And, and, and Allen is, is still wonderful when he runs it. But he, the passing game is a big problem. Like, everybody's really high on Buffalo right now. Everybody's like, oh, Buffalo, watch out if they get in. Why? I don't. I don't feel the same. I. I don't see them have, have as they improve that much from from when they fired Ken Dorsey. But we'll see. Um, I like the Dolphins in the game. Uh, what What else are we looking at? Any other touchdown scores on the radar this week? Ooh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> That's your guy, man. He's been. Yeah, and, and with Pittman out, too, he, he's been a little more featured. Oh, all right. Mo Alley, all right. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, you, you don't get that a whole lot. Antonio Gates level right there. He played college basketball. <laughs> Wow, that that does, boy, plus one ten. Wow, uh, that 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 seems, man, yeah, that seems like a great number. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, no, I mean he's 
he's very good, and Indy's not not a very formidable secondary, if you ask me. So no. Oh, I like those a lot. How about uh, well, Bengals Browns? There's not a whole lot to play for in that game. Uh, let's see what else. What, have, what did you think of Philadelphia last week, blowing that game to uh, Arizona? And then uh, you know where where do you what do you see them? You think they're even a threat in the playoffs, or are they just completely done? Yeah. Yeah, how about that? Who would have thought, like, those two coordinators going, uh, it, that that would make them, you know, so different? I, I thought at the beginning of the season, like, they weren't they weren't super impressive, but they were winning all the games they needed to win. But, man, they've kind of hit the wall. And uh, you could see that momentum turning in that game. And, of course, their fans turn on them as quick as ever, screaming and yelling, booing them and stuff. It's like, come on. I got it. I mean, they've still been pretty good. But, yeah, no, I, I'd be worried about it if I was Philadelphia. And then on the other side of that, uh, your boy Tyrod Taylor playing good football right now. He should have should have won last week. That was a sad state of affairs there late with the botched two-pointer and then the I don't know what they were doing there with the field goal. Uh, Mason Crosby's distance is about 45 max, and they're letting him kick it from mid-50s. They should have probably tried to get a few more yards. Gone, poof! Literally fifteen minutes of fame, like they say. That's like poof. See ya. Yeah, disappeared like in a cloud of smoke. Uh, yeah, that that's just nuts how that all turned around. Um, Dallas, Detroit. What were your thoughts on that debacle with Brad Allen and the two point conversion and the eligible lineman and the NFL refuses to take any responsibility and Brad Allen's lying, even though they got freaking recordings of it and it's a mess and Dan Campbell's ready to kill people. And what do you think of all that? <laughs> it was. Yeah, even though he got told. He had the answers to the test, and he still filled it in wrong. <laughs> yeah, jigs up, right. <laughs> I I told uh, somebody that works down here at the radio station, he's a big Lions fan, I, I said, I think that actually is going to be good for the Lions. I think they're going to come out with just a – a different level of focus now and a, a pissed-off attitude, and I, I expect them to be a little more dangerous in the playoffs now than they, they once were. And if they play the Rams, that's going to be a hell of a first-round game. Yeah. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they two really good backs and obviously a, an elite wide receiver. So, yeah, they're, uh, they're going to be a, a dangerous team. What do you think of Dallas? I still think Dallas is fake. I, 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 I could see them losing to Washington this week. I could. No, you're not. You're right on. Yep. No, he doesn't. And I I think if they play teams, obviously they play on the road and when they play on natural grass, like they're just they're just not that good. And then Mike McCarthy, I mean, you talk about 
the the Brad Allen debacle, but Mike McCarthy is the one who caused all that because he's passing the ball instead of running it. The clock would have been run out. You knew the Lions were going to go march right down the field. I mean, really? I, I just I can't get over it. Uh, the Big Mike being Big Mike, yeah. And that's why I have no faith in them. Between him and Prescott and Jerry Jones, it's a triumvirate that will never win. <laughs> oh, God, I can't stand him. So overrated, too. Yeah, and he is. He is. He took all them shots when he was in the media, but now he can't handle a little pressure that he flips out on everybody. Yeah, I think he's an asshole. I like the Raiders this week. What do you think of that game? Yes, I agree. I think he's earned it. Yeah, their defense improved a ton, too. Yep, good stuff. Uh, let's see. I guess that's pretty much all the games that matter. Uh, what do you think of the AFC or the NFC South? The Tampa and, oh, God, Atlanta, New Orleans. Does, does Tampa win it and get in? I guess they probably will. It is. It is. Yeah. And they get to host a playoff game. <laughs> Whoever wins it. <laughs> Probably host. Right now, it looks like they'll host Philadelphia. So, yeah. That's going to be interesting. And then, how about in the AFC? I think the Browns uh, are in a really good spot. They clinched a five spot, so they get to play the winner of the AFC South. So, that's either going to be Jacksonville, Houston, Indy, one of those teams. What I mean, do you think the Browns are dangerous in the playoffs? Yes, yes, he is. Yeah, no, yep. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. I think I think the Browns are uh I think the Browns are good. I think the Browns will be very good in the playoffs. Uh they're gonna get a good matchup and then see what goes with it. Yeah, I agree. Lions now to me, it's like it's literally like he woke a sleeping lion with that whole thing last week. So I think they're definitely uh in the cards. Uh all right, so let's talk a little bit about the other sports going on right now. Penguins laying egg last night. Typical Jari. We say it all the time. You cannot trust this guy. And I know that wasn't like a huge game, but they could have passed the caps in the standings. And, you know, they just they had some momentum going. They've been playing pretty well. And then he comes out, gives up three. I mean, the second goal really wasn't his fault. But the first, I mean, the just bad goals. You could tell he wasn't focused. And I just, I hate it. I, I'm tired of this guy. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Well, I heard uh, I heard Super Genius say that maybe the Oilers are wanting. <laughs> well, they said I guess he's from I guess he's from out there, so I don't know if they I don't know, but yeah, they, they want him. Take him off our hands. I'm just we're never gonna win anything with that guy. It's just not gonna work. I, they gotta they gotta give up on it. It's just not gonna work. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, he's played really really well, and it'd be nice to have another like a you know. Not quite as good backup that you can alleviate the load because I'm not sure he would play as well if he had a, too much of a workload. But he's been great in the time he's been in there. And to me, he's the number one guy. I try, I know Jari will throw in a shutout every now and then. But like you can't, you just can't count on him. You need stability. And you're not getting it from him. And uh, I don't know. I, I think that team is going to just be barely in the playoffs if they're lucky enough to do that just because of that. But 
We shall see. Uh, anything else uh, stick out NHL-wise are your Kings? Uh, I still think that's a really good bet, and, I, and we'd love the Crosby MVP win from last week. Anything else on the radar NHL-wise? Mm. 32 days. I don't know. Oh, it's got to be something racing-related. What, what oh, the clash. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, good. Oh, well, that'll be awesome. That's really that's actually the best news I've heard all day. So we're just a little over a month out from seeing some live racing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it can't come fast enough because uh, I can only take so much of this officiating in these games and the long commercials and all the other stuff that I hate about football. But <laughs> transfer portal and opt-outs and all this garbage. Uh, going back to, to, to circling back to, to college football, what were your thoughts on the – abysmal performance by Florida State and then not quite as abysmal but pretty bad for them, Ohio State. What did you think of those two performances? <laughs> yeah. But don't you think they should have enough depth that they shouldn't get beat 14-3? <laughs> right. That's what worries me about for them is like you know, like Notre Dame rested or had a lot of guys opt out in their quarterback, and then they were able to still win. Like, I'd be uh, – Ohio State starting to throw some chinks in the armor here that, that I'd be concerned about. And then Florida State, I mean, you could tell even the guys that showed up didn't want to be at that game. Yeah, they were. Yes. Yes, I do. I, I think they should have. I think it's pretty clear that they probably should have been. Um, and I don't know who you would have left out. Maybe Texas. I don't know. I, it's, I don't know. But next year, we won't have to worry about it. I guess you got 12 teams. If we're talking about the 13th team, then we got real problems. But, uh, yeah, I just thought I thought Ohio State and Florida State, those are two big setbacks for them. I, that's going to hurt Florida State a lot in their recruiting down the road. I, I, you can't lose a game like that, and, and people expect your program to be on its way back like you you just don't see that there should be more more there than that and uh, i know they were in a bad spot but you got to get a little better effort than that uh really ugly sure did sure did they can't they, they have no bitch now all right hey how about your pistons finally getting a win last week how about uh <laughs> yeah no yeah well uh, any other observations from the NBA? I know LeBron's starting to, you know, whine a little bit more than usual. Well, I guess not more than usual or like usual. He's probably going to be wanting a trade. Yeah, he's going to be probably wanting a. Yeah, they've been, they've been, uh, they've come alive. Uh, how about the Thunder with a nice big win last night against the Celtics? Yeah, they are. They're really good. I think he might be like the. He could. I mean, he's not going to get MVP because of that market and, and the other bigger names. But man. It's hard to say he couldn't be in contention. And honestly, it's hard to say John Morant couldn't be in, in contention. What, uh, any other thoughts on, uh, on the association from the past week? Anything sticking out to you other than that obvious? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that's funny that you messaged me because I turned that, because I had it on one of my TVs and I was, had the Penguin game on and I was, and I was looked over at that, and I was like, wait, Baycott's still there? Like, I like, man, that guy, I feel like he was a senior like two years ago when they made the finals. Like, I. <laughs> yeah, he probably played. 
with Eric Montross. <laughs> like that's, it seems like that long ago. Yeah, that's this is so weird. I, I think this is going to be the last year of that college stuff where you see these guys that are still around, but maybe not. Uh, no, they're not. They're both. They both better get going to Europe. They better find a good European city because they're not going to be in the NBA. I mean, you look at the Drew Timmy. He can't get on a team. I mean, he was a good college player, but these guys can't. It's a whole different game now. I mean, you, when you got to have your five spot guarding Webb and Yama, and, and then having to have him be able to shoot three pointers too, that's going to be tough for them guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He literally, it's, he looks. He does look like an alien. I will say. Those guys call him that. I, I I cannot believe that guy. Like the way his body works. Like literally one dribble, and he's he's covering like like three quarters of the court. It seems like in one step, it's nuts. It is. It I I, I find it fascinating. Like when when they're on and they're on a lot now. Like I, I will flip it on and just watch even a couple possessions with him just because of that. It's like this guy is like. I, it's like I'm afraid he's gonna bump his head on the backboard every like he's just so big. Yeah, they're bad. They're really bad. Um, I don't know. I guess I guess if they uh if they are that bad and they get another high draft pick this year, maybe they get somebody to team up with him if they can do it, and uh, we'll see. But I don't know. Maybe Popovich has run his course and it's time for some new blood. But we'll see. They, Spurs fans can't bitch. They had a great run, and now they got Wembenyama. So, got to figure. Oh, I know. He's such a baby. Okay, I'm tired of him, too. But <laughs> They are. They're playing really well. Yep. Yeah. That'd be nice to see for them. I mean, I, I they're just one of those franchises. Is just, my God, are they ever going to get a catch a break? They're like the Browns. Maybe the Browns and the Clippers make it to the finals in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, even more so than usual. Uh, all right, uh, anything else uh, on the radar? Golf starts up this week. Uh, I'm kind of excited about that. So it seems weird. Yeah, it's just a nice. Uh, Nice go-to sport, just, you know, pop on, relax. And, yeah, I know a lot of people don't like it, but it is good. You can get a lot of good value and good pricing out there. So, yep, good to have it back. It's a sign that uh, we're getting close to uh, pitchers and catchers reporting. I know you and Jared will be pumped. <laughs> Ooh, so who sticks out, like, gut feeling, like, early on? Who's, who's? I mean, obviously the Dodgers. Are, what, what are the Dodgers right now? What is their, what's their... Yes, he's wow. Huh. And that's the next closest? Are they the next? Or Atlanta? Okay. See, I don't agree with the Yankees being not. I don't. I, I, they don't have any pitching. They got no pitching. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they got Judge and Soto and uh, Stanton, but they don't, they don't have any pitching. Yeah, that's it. Nobody else could win. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the Mariners and the in the uh, Blue Jays didn't do enough to to you know they're 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 good teams, but they needed they needed to make another move in the off season. Now, maybe they still will. I don't know what's out there, but uh, I agree with you. I think that would probably be the cutoff for me. The Twins, absolutely no chance. God, no. The Clippers will win two NBA titles before the Twins will ever get back to a World Series. They're 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 lost cause. But <laughs> speaking of Minnesota, though, the T Wolves, they they, I mean. They, they may be dangerous. I don't know. But I don't know. I, I feel like the Clippers would kill them in the series if it came down to it. Yeah, no, I think they're soft-ass bitches for the most part. So when the games matter more, yeah. Yeah, he is by a long shot. Uh, all right. Oh, look out. Well, Jarrett's been waiting for a Guerrero to come to the team, so maybe this this is the closest thing he's going to get. So, Pirate Fest this week, you going over? <laughs> oh, good. Tell Rowdy Telez, hey, you guys can stop by the buffet, have a little meal with him. He'll. Oh yeah, good. Bring him some cookies or something. He'll he'll love that. So. Uh, all right, Sam. Well, thanks for everything. As always, great insight and analysis. Uh, have a great rest of your week. Stay warm and uh, enjoy all the excitement this weekend of sports. All right. Sounds good. We'll see you next week. All right. That was Sammy from Upper St. Clair checking in with his usual uh, insight and analysis on all things sports. Uh, it'll be good to get the racing back, start getting some picks from him. But gave you a few uh, – Anytime touchdowns, a couple games and leans that he likes, and a couple of future tickets as well. So, all right, that's going to do it for us here. Better's Last Stand, episode number 68 from the Pine Room Studios. Again, thanks to our friends at IC Cab for sponsoring the show, 304-232-1313, or download the IC Cab app today. IC Cab, always working. Definitely want to have them on your phone at all times. You never know when you may need it. Uh, stay warm. Hopefully we don't get... Uh, Actually, hopefully we do get a winter storm and we can enjoy a little bit of snow, but it doesn't look like much uh, coming our way. So anyway, have a safe and wonderful weekend. We will be back here next week to talk about uh, the NFL playoffs, I guess, will be the main feature and wrap up college football. And uh, we'll be in golf mode and all kinds of stuff happening here. So anyway, thanks for joining us. Better's last stand. We will see you next week. Uh, happy holidays to everybody. Hope everyone had a good one. And uh it's time to press on as we head towards spring. We'll uh, see you next week on BLS. Catch us on the radio again Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. Monday, 2 to 3, and Tuesday. Or I said Thursday. Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Friday and Tuesday are 12 to 3 shows and 2 to 3 on Monday. So check us out on the Watchdog for all things uh, Pine Room related. we got a lot of cool things going on right now. Anyway, that'll do it for us. Better's Last Stand, Episode 68. We'll see you next week. Have a great one.